It gets me when, um, of course, Mark Lowry wrote that, and he's a nut, but he wrote a good song there. He's nuttier than I am. But um, when she kissed that little baby, she kissed the face of God. Mm. Isaiah chapter 9. Been a lot of good songs written over the years. Nearly 2,000 years more since Jesus Christ came into this world. But there's been a few that have really affected us. And that's one of them. Mark's song really, really was a song that came along I'm not going to say too late, but maybe just in time, but to bless our hearts at a time. God's been giving me a message on the day of deliverance, but I thought maybe I would preach it this morning and may, may end up because I was sitting there thinking about it along with the message that's here that he's given me this morning in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Many of you are very familiar with those passages here in chapter 9. And But the day of deliverance was, and I started putting the two together and and I'm wondering whether I'll end up preaching that or not because it fits. I know several years ago I was studying a message out and, and for about over two years. Uh, see, if preachers were doing this for pay, you couldn't afford us because the amount of study and amount of time that we put into preparation, and if we put a monetary value on it, it nobody could afford a preacher. But we don't put a monetary value on it because there's a heavenly value on it. For two years, I studied out this message, and and I was sharing with a fellow that was in my church at that particular time. Um, we were talking about, he was a young preacher, and we were talking about how God gives us messages and how you study them out and how you prepare some of them. And, and I mentioned that I'd been working on one for about a year and a half. And, it, you know, he said, well, when are you going to preach it? And I said, I don't know. It hadn't all came together yet. And, and we just haven't been able to put it together. But there's, God has a time and a timetable. 
And so after about two years, I was reading something out of a magazine. And I don't believe it was even a Christian magazine or a publication. And the, there was a sentence that popped out at me. And, and I thought to myself, and as the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, that's, that's what you've been looking for. And so we completed that message, and I preached it one time. And that's all I've preached. It took me two years to study it out. But God has a time, and if I can get you to think of a, a day of deliverance, along with this message, that all of us have a day of deliverance in our lives. Now, we might look at it at the day that we were saved and that God uh, saved us and set us free from sin and set our course and our path toward heaven, wrote our names down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so we might say that that was our day of deliverance, and, and it could have been. And within the Jewish nation, the people were being they were in wars and they were uh, they were people that were not hearing from God they were not seeing from God they were uh, they were astray from their uh, religious activities and their and their faith in God and they they were needing some kind of uh, deliverance moment in their life. They were needing something in their life. And I, I think about this. Uh, uh, every time I read this verse, I think of a dear lady, Theda Lewis, that was um, in a church that I pastored up in West Virginia, that this was her favorite verse of Scripture. And, and that she would point back to the point of not only was it Israel's hope, or the Jewish people's hope, but it was her hope as well because she looked at verse 6 as a day of deliverance for her. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace." Every one of us need that kind of person in our lives. Every one of us needs that kind of an individual or that kind of a God in our lives. Now for Israel, this was looking forward to a day of deliverance, but that day would not come for hundreds and hundreds of years on down the road people would be born and die before Jesus would come on the scene and before that son would be born. But they were looking for a day of deliverance. Now in our lives, we go through life and we may be going through troubles and trials in our life and we may be going through difficult things in our lives and that we're looking ahead to a day that it'll be over with that a day that it will stop, that a day that we can finally 
Breathe and breathe deep and be over it all. And Israel was looking for that kind of a day, that they were looking for that kind of a situation. They were looking for that kind of a leader, that kind of an inspiration in their life, that kind of a person in their life. And God was giving uh, them, uh, through Isaiah, the prophetic statement of the Prince of Peace that was coming one day that would rule over the nation of Israel and over all of the people of the world for that matter and that it would be a tremendous day in which they could stop and just breathe and breathe easy and not be concerned any longer. And But what really is crazy in my opinion uh, is that as Casey sung that song, Mary, did you know that not even the nation of Israel knew what that was laying there in that manger? The nation of Israel didn't understand what that was. They had forgot about this scripture, and they had forgot about all of the prophetic statements of the promise that was coming and the peace that would come and the joy that would come, the leadership that would come. Uh, the name would be called wonderful, too amazing to even describe. He would be a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. They were looking for that kind of a person, but they didn't realize there in that moment in that manger, there he was laying there. A few people did. A few people did. Uh, the, the shepherds, for one, came along and they were amazed at what was taking place and they were amazed at what was going on. Uh, uh, they, they, several people that saw him saw the work of God and the hand of God in his life and they were amazed at all of this. And that day in their life was a day of deliverance for them that they could sit back and say, as one uh, priest said, I have seen the salvation of God. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. I'm ready to face what else is coming my way. I'm ready to go. One of the things that a lot of people in this world, I might, might say to you that when I was saved, to me that was my day of deliverance. As far as the spiritual needs that I had. I mean, I, I could go on, I could tell you, I could go back, I love going back and telling the story. You all want to hear it again? I don't care whether you do or not, I'm going to tell you anyway. I love going back to tell you the story of, of, of how I was raised and how rough I was raised. And I was, I was thinking this morning, and Gene and Danny and some of the others, and Earl, I, I'd say even Earl would relate to this, and some of you other old people. And Earl's older than all of us. I mean, you know, uh, no, I'm just kidding, Earl. I love him. But, uh, but when I was a kid, and I'm not, I'm not, that old. Earl's a lot older than I am, but uh, besides all of that, I'm not that old, but I remember as a kid 
that we did good to get a brown paper bag with an apple or an orange and some hard candy in it, and we were tickled pink. I mean, we were tickled to death to open up that bag of, of candy and that apple and that orange and, and just pig out for a little while. Because, I mean, even candy was rare around our house unless Mom made some. And most of the time she didn't have the money to make homemade candy, but, but they'd go down and buy them little candy canes or that, you remember that old Christmas candy, that old hard candy uh, that had little Christmas trees in it and all that? Y'all, do they still sell that stuff? Yeah. Boy, it's older than your Roy, isn't it? Or, uh, but but they, but I, we were tickled. All of us, uh, I, mom would tell me, say, go up on the hill and, and, and he probably, she probably told my older brother before me, but then my older brother, he got to where he wouldn't do it, I guess. And so she'd tell me to climb up the hill and go up the hill and get us a Christmas tree off the hill and bring it back down. And I'd go up there and I'd take my little hatchet with me and, or a little, uh, my Boy Scout saw, you know, and, and I'd go up there and I'd, I'd find a tree and I'd find a Charlie Brown tree, I'm telling you. It's the ugliest thing. When we drag it off that hill, once I drag it off the hill, it didn't have a needle on it nowhere. And I'd get it down there, and we'd stand that thing up, and, I, and I've got to tell you, it was ugly. I mean, it was horrible. And Mom said, oh, that's the prettiest tree we've ever had. And the time she got done with it, it did look nice. Just like the Charlie Brown show. I mean, you all have seen that. Uh, but... I'd go up there and cut, we had a lot of cedar trees up on our hill, and, and I'd cut a cedar tree down, and, and, and Mom would decorate that thing up, and then on Christmas morning, we'd have those little sacks of candy and apples and oranges. That was a blessing. That was wonderful. I remember the first time we ever got anything tangible. I remember the first time I ever got a sled. And some of y'all can relate to this. We didn't get sleds at Christmas. We got car hoods or refrigerator doors. Huh? Amen? Did any of y'all ever do that? Yeah, come on now. Give me a witness. Uh, somebody somewhere had a junk car sitting up in the yard on block somewhere and we take the hood off of it and use it as a sled. Or somebody would have something set out, whether it was an old, uh, see the washers were round back then, they weren't square like they are now. But we'd take something apart that was made out of enamel, and you can't get a faster sled nowhere than something that's made out of enamel. I mean, you can't, it'd kill you before you got off of it. And the car hood, they were turned up just right. Yeah, and the people up front could hold on to the front of that car hood. And, and then, uh, then when you hit something, you just held on for dear life. And it would flop you over the hood. And the hood would come over on top of you. Amen? I mean, any of you ever done that? I mean, it, that's, that's the way it was. I miss my mother this time of the year more than any other time. Because she would make me homemade peanut butter fudge and walnut, chocolate walnut fudge. There's six of us kids in my family, and she only made it for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
my brother, would, my oldest brother would get mad and say, why do you make her do that? I said, I don't make her do that. She loves me more than the rest of you. But my mom loved to cook, and Jenny can tell you she was a great cook. She loved to cook, and she knew that I loved her peanut butter fudge and chocolate walnut fudge, and every year she'd make me a mess of it, and then I would give her, pay her for the ingredients because she didn't have the money for the ingredients. But the day that I was saved was my day of deliverance. But as we lived our lives in poverty, we didn't know we were so poor. Because everybody up the holler was just like we were. But as we got older, we, and things started going on in our lives. We, we look forward to another day. We look forward, this day is oppressive. I want to get... Let me guarantee you, I'm, I'm telling you a story here, and I'm, gonna get, I'm getting back to it right now. Those early Christmases were a lot of fun because my dad didn't drink so much those early Christmases. But then later on, as we got to be a little older, he would go out with his friends on Christmas Eve and drink and come back drunk, and Christmas Eve was nothing to brag about. Christmas Day was no fun. And I looked for a day that this would be over. A day of deliverance in my life. A day that I looked for, to hope for, as Israel did when, they, when there was a promise given to them, there's a son that's going to be born one day. Not only... Casey, thank you so much for that song. Mary pondered those things in her heart when people would say amazing things about her baby, about her son, about her child. She was amazed by it all and did not, could not, never could understand or realize, but she was looking forward to another day. Now, I was saved when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. My whole outlook on life changed when I was saved at that age. My dad never stopped drinking. He never stopped beating us. He never stopped doing those things. But my whole outlook on life changed. And I looked forward to a better day. That I would have a day of deliverance. Now some of us go through this life in a real struggle. I feel sorry for so many people because... Jenny and I have struggled most of our lives. We started out young, started out hard, started out difficult, started out with nothing. We look forward to a better day. 
it seems that the older we get, well, you know, we when we first started out, we asked God to let us grow old together. We should have asked God to let us grow old and healthy together. Uh, we should have maybe been a little more specific in things. And so far, God's letting us grow old together. December the 29th, we'll celebrate 50 years. And we've been together longer than that. Anthony, she's a lucky woman. And I think it was Stacy last night that said something to the effect that it's sad that we husbands have to keep reminding our wives of that on a regular basis. But a day of deliverance for the nation of Israel, the birth of a prince of peace, a birth of somebody who was going to take them out of that situation that they were in and place them in a better situation. That day came for them when Jesus Christ was born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem. But they rejected him. You see, just because we're promised something doesn't mean we're going to take advantage of it. Doesn't mean we're going to grasp hold of it and take it and possess it. Just because we're promised something doesn't mean it's going to have a positive impact in our lives because we may not take it into our life and we may not accept it and we may not apply it to our lives. The nation of Israel rejected him. Their day of deliverance passed them without any kind of positive impact in their life. I believe America has had many, many days of deliverance in which God has done things to try and turn us around or, or get our attention, and we have failed so many times. I believe that within all of our lives as individuals that that God has done things in our lives as individuals to get our attention and say, here it is, today is your day. Today is the day of which all of these things have led to. Today is the day of which all of this trouble has led up to. Today is that day and we've let it go by in our lives as if it was just another fleeting moment rather than grasping hold of it and taking hold of it and applying it to our lives and doing something with it. The nation of Israel, even though it was years in advance, they still had a hope of looking forward to that. I'm reminded of what Paul said, if in this life only I had hope, I'd be of all men most miserable. But can I... Can I just say this to tell you that if it doesn't get any better for me here, it is going to be over there. If I don't get any relief here, 
<laughs> There's a day of deliverance coming for me. When this heart stops beating inside of me and my spiritual eyes look up and I see Jesus, my day of deliverance has come and I'm going to grab hold of it the, this with everything I've got because that's where my hope lies. That's where... We may not get better here, folks. It may not get easier here for us. But one day it will. One day it will. We don't understand God's timing. Don't understand God's idea of time. To where... He would promise the nation of Israel this when he did. And then it wouldn't happen for another thousand years or so. A lot of time comes and goes. But I've found somebody, Bobby Jones and I was talking the other day. And we were, he was talking about my disease, and I was talking about his problem with his, with his brain tumor. And I said, well, Bobby, one thing that I know about myself, and I've got to know about you, because this hadn't stopped him. He's, he's still off working. They're planning a trip back up here in a few weeks or so. Um, and I said, one thing that I have learned about you, and one thing I know about myself, we're going to live till we die. And we're going to keep serving God every day that we have with the ability that we have to serve Him until we die. And he said, as those Georgians say, and if any of you have been around Bobby very much, you know that's right. That's how he says it. You know that's right, that within this. Go with me, if you would, real quick, and I'm going to quit here in just a moment. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. When I got saved, I tell you, my problems weren't over. I just looked at them a little different. In fact, I had somebody to help me go through them that I didn't have before. Because the promise that Isaiah would give to the nation of Israel through God's inspiration, then I claim it as well. Hebrews 2.10, For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. 
for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. My day of deliverance came when I was saved. My ultimate day of deliverance out of this world. But this promises me, and if I could just say it like this, I do not have to go through this world alone. I'm I'm secure. I'm like the Old Testament man that says, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I know this for surety. I know this for a fact. I'm secure in Him. I don't have to worry about it any longer. I don't worry about it any longer. I don't need anything else to secure me. I don't need anything else to encourage me because the writer of Hebrews is telling me that Jesus came and was born of a virgin, born into this world as a human, came into this uh, as God in human form, that he suffered and he bled and he died and he rose from the grave, and he created a moment in all of our lives that would be a deliverable moment for all of us. Now, I may, you, when you look at me, you may think eh, you're weak and you're, you're in the flesh and all of that, but look beyond that. I am more than a conqueror. In Jesus Christ. I'm a winner. I'm not, I'm not going to cower down and, and cow down to anything this, that the devil has to throw before me. This world is not going to shake me. It aggravates me at times. It, it disappoints me at times. But my hope is not in this world. My hope is in Jesus Christ. You see, 
if you're delivered by Christ, it's not be my my dad uh, a couple of times saved my life. One time, I, I stepped off of a drop-off in a popular swimming hole in Mud River. and See, I'm from Fudge Creek, and we had Mud River. Yeah. And so in Mud, you, and you'll get the connection, Fudge Creek, when it rained, it got real fudgy looking. And Mud River stayed muddy most all the time. You, you get it? Okay, some of you. See, I had people tell me they didn't believe I come from Fudge Creek. And they looked it up on Google one time, and there really is a Fudge Creek. But, uh, and, and so, and I told you all before, I, I preach out of two translations, King James and Fudge Creek. So, but I stepped off in a drop-off. Uh, there was a waterfall, a big, we called it Mud River Falls. And people used to swim there all the time. And where the falls came down, it would swirl and, and it'd eat out drop-off, you know. And I stepped off into a drop-off. And I was young, and I couldn't swim. And if my dad hadn't seen me go under, you all wouldn't have the pleasure of knowing me today. But he saw me go under, and I remember in the water and looking around and seeing cans and, and junk in that hole of water I stepped off in, and I was struggling to try and get out. And the next thing I knew, Dad had me by the head of the hair pulling me out of that drop-off. Life is full of things. Life is full of problems. I felt secure that day because of my dad watching me. But my earthly dad can't always watch me and didn't always watch me but my heavenly Father does. He never turns His face away from me. He never turns His back on me. For in that He Himself hath suffered being tempted, He is able to secure them that are tempted. A day in all of our lives, a day of deliverance, this could be it for you. It was it for Israel. They rejected it. A day of deliverance could be here for you. I don't know if you're saved. I don't know if you're uh, out of fellowship. I don't know if you're lost. I don't know your need. But I know that Jesus Christ came to secure you, to save you, to help you. Would you let him do that? Don't let it go away. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Today is a day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Stand with me, please. His heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, as we come...
to you. Thank you that Jesus was born nearly 2,000 years ago. To a nation that was promised and they did not realize what they had. The Apostle John even states it. Jesus came into the world, came into his own people, and his own people did not receive him. God, every day, Jesus is coming to somebody. And people are still rejecting him. This time of the year, I've heard a slogan, and many others have too, Lord, that it says, wise men still seek him. Smart people won't turn him away. People with understanding won't reject him. Why people do, I don't understand. But God is the spirit of moves from heart to heart today. As he moves from seat to seat, finds lodging in somebody to tell them, I love you. I want you. I want you to be my child. I want to save you. I want to forgive you. This is your day. Take hold of it. Receive it. Father, I pray. Pray for every heart. I pray as we look to you today that we'll see victory. I pray it in Jesus' name. And amen. Number 305. I have this God speak into your heart, you come. One more verse, unless someone comes. Come on. bless you today and uh, deacons we got a meeting here in just a minute um, uh, remember tonight's service come be a part of it if you can and uh, may the Lord bless <laughs>